Diane Downs brutally shot her three children in the backseat of her car. Dive in with us while we unravel the horrific details of this inexcusable act of evil. Halo! What up, Kay? Hey, horror, wine, and crime fans. Hi, friends. We made it. Yes. Barely again. I know. But we're, we're, we're getting there. We have two mics this time. So. Three. Oh, yeah. We have three. T- currently only using two, but there is a third. So, progress. I don't know what's going on in this house, but... We're all good now. It's working. So, thanks to, uh, thanks to your hub. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what I'm going to do when he leaves. Ever work and not ever. <laughs> Just want to clarify. Okay, we have to talk about this Italy thing. Oh my gosh. Because this has been the topic of the night. Okay, so our email, if you don't know, horrorwineandcrime at gmail.com. We got an email from someone named Carlos, okay? And he says that we are, according to pod status, we're number 55 in the category of true crime in Italy. Now, I, I like, looked this up, and, like, we were looking on Google and stuff, and, like, I don't think Carlos is telling us the truth, because I did not see us on any list. Also, when we looked at our stats, the only place in Italy that listens to us is Milan. So, shout out to you, peeps in Milan. What's up? We love you. But Thank you for taking the time out of your day to listen to this. Yes. But I do not think we're number 55 out of all of them. Or, Carlos, if you're listening again, please send us an e- another email and clarify exactly where to check and to look it up. Maybe we're looking in the wrong spots. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, Carlos, hit us up again. <laughs> um, we're confused. But Italy, if you're listening, we do love you. Yes, definitely. And everyone else all over the globe who's listening to us. Yes, Um also, it's been a while, so I just want to say, hi, best friend, Dex Shepard. Yes. What's up, Monica Padman? We love you, too. Yes. So, just in case you're listening, Dex, just want to say hi, best friend. I mean, he's obviously listening. Why would he not be listening? <laughs> I did say California, so, I mean, I feel like it has to be him. <laughs> True. That's right. Um, but, yeah, this story that Lowe's going to kind of take over and tell us about, it's pretty twisted. Um... And you'll find out why. Um, But we are going to be uh, sipping on this. Now, I'm so sorry if I don't say this correctly because I don't know um, the correct pronunciation. But it's Mazeland Arsvitis Riesling Wine. Yes, thank you, Heather Beckman. Again, um, one of our fans has donated another bottle for us. Yes, thank you very much. It's delish. So today's story is also, um, it's a big story. It's going to be a hard story to listen to. But um, I did read the book, and the book was done by one of my most favorite true crime authors, and that is Anne Rule. Um, I've read quite a few of her books, and she's just amazing in the details that she puts into it. Um, so, yeah, um, I guess we will get into the story. Yes. And, uh, Elizabeth Diane Downs. Um, she goes by Diane. 
She's a mother of three children, Christy, eight, Cheryl, seven, Danny, three. In May 13th of 1983, um, at night, she claims she was taking her kids home from a visit with a friend and decided to take a different way home. Um, she says to sightsee, but it was dark. So, yeah, who goes? Um, I mean, unless it's like some cool lit up place or like you're looking at the stars, but like that's still just weird yeah. when you have like three kids in the back. And while they were sleeping, so I'm sorry, um, how do you spell suspicious? Because that's what this is. Yeah, facts. <laughs> Diane Downs entered the emergency room bay at 10.40 p.m. on May 19th in 1983, Springfield, Oregon. There were two nurses on the scene right away, and that was Rosie Martin and Shelby Rush. They ran out to see a blonde woman in a plaid shirt and shiny red Nissan standing there, and inside was three kids desperately needing help. The nurses ask, what's going on? The woman stands there and yells, do something. My kids have been shot. So Rosie ducked in the back passenger seat and saw a little girl laying passed out to the right. She grabbed the little girl with long brown hair who seemed light, and Shelby saw the little boy, a toddler if you will, on the back passenger seat on the left side, and the ER physician kind of, um, his name was John Austin Mackey, he came in and kind of pushed her out of the way, and he grabbed the boy and ran inside. And she went to turn around um, after the physician, and uh, Diane was like, wait, no, get Shelby. I'm sorry, get Cheryl. She hasn't moved at all. So Shelby's like, oh, my God, there's more. So Cheryl happened to be laying under a sweater in the front passenger floor, and it was bad. Like, it was, she was heavy, and she wasn't moving, mm. so they wasn't, could tell pretty quick, like. Yeah, wasn't looking good. Um, I want to note that the doctors and people have said that during this, Diane was not tearing up. She seemed actually pretty in control of the situation. And her eyes were very dry for someone who just had three kids that were shot. The nurses assumed that she was in shock. So they, you know, hustled her over and asked her to sit down. And they asked, you know, her, are you okay? You know, what's going on? And she tries talking to Diane about the kids and what the situation was. Diane goes by and tells her that, um, Christy's eight, Cheryl is seven, Danny is three. Um, she said that she was hurt too, but, you know, nothing major. She, Her arm, she got shot in the arm, so they're abandoning her up. They asked her, you know, where did this happen? She claimed she went out to Marcola to visit a friend, and she was laughing with the kids. She noticed a man waving for help, so she stopped. He demanded her keys to her new car. She was like, oh, hell no, I just bought this. And so he shot her kids. Um, Diane said she needed to call her parents. So she did. And she gets on the phone and she's like, he shot the kids. He shot the kids. And he shot me too. Um, if you see these interviews with her, Diane is very... Um, I don't know what the correct word to use is, but very floopy. Very, like... Yeah. 
Yeah, I I know what you're saying. I can't think of the word either. Like very spacey. Like yeah, her emotions don't act with the crime. Yeah, the they're scene. not like, in line with what you think she would be emoting. I guess. Yeah, I mean, I have a daughter, and if she was in the back seat of my car, and someone was trying to shoot her, one, I'd be putting up a fight. Yeah, and two, I'd be in hysterics. Like, right. So, after getting her minor injury fixed up, the police show up to talk to her. She is asked to go to the station. So, her and her dad uh, go to the station. Walking out, she looks at the car and she asks, how's my car? Is there any bullet holes in it? (laughs) Why is she, literally, I would not give, I wouldn't even give a shit about the car. I hope not. I just bought it. Oh my gosh. Shit, Diane, let's just focus on the kids shall we like yeah you're you know the cops are very annoyed and he's like i don't know like no one's looked at your car like there's kind of bigger things at hand right now diane sorry to let you know so diane tells the story of her and her kids going down to marcola and riding horses at a friend's house living their best life you know singing hungry like the wolf by duran duran um and the car just having a blast when they noticed a man flagging her down off the side of the dirt road. He's waving his arms. Diane pulls over and rushes over to help. Instead, he pulls out a gun, demanding her car. But she just bought it, so she's not giving it up. She claims he rushed around to the back window, fired the shots at her two kids in the back seat, one in the front seat. They tuffled, and then he shot her as she was pretending to throw the keys off the side of the road into like some woods and then she ran back into the car and that's when they drove off to the hospital Hmm. so she is in the interviews with the police and they're asking her all these questions um one of the weird comments that she said was i knew i shouldn't have bought that unicorn (laughs) oh what (laughs) exactly what they said so they didn't really understand what it was until later when they go to do some investigating. You find out that it's a plaque that she bought of a unicorn. And it has all three kids' names engraved with the year underneath it. And it was dated like one week before this happened. So it was very weird. Like, yeah, And why would you say that? Like, like what does that have to do with the other thing? Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's really yeah. Um, So... And I just, I want to, again, note that she's telling the cops now that they were singing and dancing along in the car to Duran Duran when the first time she said they were passed out sleeping at night. So she kind of bounces all over the place right off the bat with her testimony. Yeah. Her, I don't even say testimony. Her, her statements. Yeah. Sketchy sketch. Yeah. Like, yeah. get your story straight, I am, like. Those are two very different things. They were either singing or dancing or sleeping. I mean, those are two completely different things. Yeah. So while her children are still in the hospital, Downs begins giving media interviews now, telling strange stories explaining her innocence. Her stories did not add up. Um, they were very weird, and the details were getting lessened, and um, describing that she was taking her children to sightsee in the dark, It just wasn't making any sense, which is what I've said. Yeah. So after running away from home to be with Steve Downs, he and Diane ended up getting married on November 13th, 1973. 
They had given birth to Christy in 1974, Cheryl in 76, and Steve and Daniel, who they called Danny, in 1979. Now, Steve, from what I researched, I don't think he wanted kids at all, really. Um, they ended up getting pregnant with Christy, and then um, again with Cheryl, and she wanted one more, and he didn't. Well, um, that's where Steve and Daniel comes along. So the couple divorced in 1980 because Stephen thought that uh, he was, Danny was a result of an affair. He didn't care at the time that she was pregnant with him, but after he was born, he fell in love with Danny, and he did not care that it wasn't his. He took him on as his own anyway. Um, but that baby didn't change much they still fought badly and crazy and one time he she locked herself in the bathroom with a gun he heard shots through the door after saying she would kill herself so he panicked he pushed the door open and diane was sitting there pointing the gun saying she might not be able to kill herself but she could kill him dang what a roller coaster <laughs> yeah <laughs> so they finally divorced in 80 um, that was the year after Danny was born. Uh, she got employed by the United States Post Office Service to um, the mail routes of Cottage Grove, Oregon. But before she moved, she got involved with, you can't make these names up, <laughs> Robert Knickerbocker. Love that last name. <laughs> if you read the book and you watch the Lifetime movie, it's changed to Lou Lewiston. Yeah. So, whether it's Robert Knickerbocker or Lou Lewiston. Same guy. <laughs> same guy. Um, Diane met him in Arizona, and they became fast friends. Eventually, they become lovers. Um, he was straight with her from the very beginning. He was married. He did not want any ties with her, and he did not want any kids. He got a visectomy at the age of 21 for that purpose. So... Lou, or Robert, um, he was her first affair or fling since Danny, have you, if you will. Um, but she was hooked. She fell hard and she fell fast. Um, she actually went through a few men after that, but nothing was like Lou. He was just... It's so funny how in, like, a bunch of these stories that we do, how, like, there's always a married guy involved. <laughs> Some way, somehow. Yeah. <laughs> um, so he tried to break it off a few times. Um, he liked her kids, you know, said they were good kids. He just didn't want to be daddy. Yeah. And she wasn't getting that message. Um, before they finally stopped, he gave her a gold chain saying that she was his girl. And then she got a rose tattoo and under it, she wrote his name. Man, you never get labeled. I know. Um, so he did say in an interview, Lou did go on to say that he would try to break it off with her, but there was just something about her, obviously, you know, in the bedroom. And <laughs> he just, he was so infatuated with her. He Every time he tried to break up with her, they didn't. 
Um, so when she decided that she was going to move to Oregon, she contacted Lou a few times, but he never came through on his word. He never left his wife. He never came down there. Instead, he confessed everything to his wife and stayed with her. Diane had gave Lou $500 for a ticket and whatever he needed to get down there. When he didn't show up, she's like, you know, when I get my money back, you'll get your chain back. You know, or when you come see me, I'll give you your chain. Things just kept getting worse for Diane. No Lou. Her dad threw her out of their house. Um, just with all the, everything that was going on, I think her dad knew from the very beginning, like, yeah, you did this, bitch. Mm. Um, the mom was one of those, I think she was like one of those naive moms, just yeah. loves her baby girl no matter what. Like, yeah, she can do know. no wrong. Yeah, just, uh, so um, now the cops are following her everywhere she goes. But wait, she's pregnant again. Mm. Oh, my God. Diane. <laughs> so, side note, this is her seventh pregnancy. She has three. She had three kids. Um, she did have one abortion when she was with Steve. Um, and then she had two surrogates because she loves the feeling of being pregnant. Now, they said that um, she loves being pregnant, but she was not loving the mommy part of it. Like, she was not the doting mom. She was not. The kids always, people always looked at Diane like she was looking like the kids are more of a nuisance to her. Okay. She was not, like, having all these babies because she loves babies and being she a mom. She just apparently loves being pregnant, which I do not. I've never been pregnant. But I don't hear that it's, like, the most fun time of a woman's life. It has its perks. It has its moments. You know, the fluttering in the stomach and just, the you know, bonding. But, no, the fat ankles and the big thighs <laughs> and the sore boobs. And yeah. There are some parts that are not great. <laughs> um, so she did, when she found out that these people wanted surrogates, she signed up. To try to help these people out. She did struggle in the beginning. Because of. Um, she actually took a couple of tests. And one of them showed that. The chances of her giving the baby up. After she had the baby. Were almost like slim. To not like, oh. There was doubts that she would give that baby back. Okay. So but. Um, she went on to some other places. And some way somehow. She ended up doing it. And she did. She gave the babies to who she said she would. But with this newest one, she claimed that she wanted another baby because she missed her kids. Uh, hold my breath. Plus, plus, they won't put a pregnant woman in jail, right? Psh. So let's not get pregnant and then I won't go to jail. Oh, Diane. <laughs> yeah. Oh. If you watch these interviews with her on YouTube, just... It's so like, oh, with this woman. Oh, my God, with this lady. You're scratching your head. Yeah, I, like, there's a good one I watched with her, Anne Rule, and Oprah. And I'm just like. Oh, I have to see that. Oof. Oh, big-haired Oprah, too. Oh, my God. Because <laughs> it's like the 80s. Amazing. So. <laughs> so now the trials are starting to come up, and Diane's doing interviews all over the place, just claiming her innocence. She's on 2020. She's on Entertainment Tonight. Um, in one of the interviews, you can hear her say, like, well, if the police thought I did it, then why aren't they arresting me? 
Meanwhile, um, Cheryl had passed away on arrival. Christy, um, they revived her, but she did suffer a stroke, so now she is paralyzed on half of her face, and it's preventing her to talk. Danny is paralyzed and will not walk again. Just so sad. Yes. He's three. Gosh. Diane is not allowed to go near them. However, she does follow them to the Steve to the park one day and she's watching from afar and she just can't help herself. So what does she do? She goes over and immediately tries to hug her daughter. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, what she doesn't know though is that Christy has been going through with the prosecuting attorney and with uh, like the CPS lady, I don't know if you like a social worker. Okay, yeah. Um, or a nurse. They've been working with her extensively to earn get her trust, speech back. get her try to get her speech back. Um, it shows um in the movie, I don't know, like they have her place the pillows on the couch of where each kid was in the back seat mm-hmm. of the car yeah. and try to like do role playing to get her, you know, Back in that scenario, like, picturing it. Yeah, going over the case. And that's hard. I mean, this girl's eight years old. Her mom watched her mom kill her two siblings, shoot her, and now her emotions are, like... To have to go back to that and, like, relive it so soon after it happened, like, being that young, like, that has to be so traumatizing. So they did a lot of work to try to get up there. Now, stupid, 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 stupid Steve... He agrees to let Christy go with her by herself for half an hour. What the hell is I just... The fuck? This dumb man. This dumb man. No, just... No. Ugh. So, she may have just tried to kill her kids. He's successful on one. Yeah. And you're just going to be like, okay, I'll give you a half an hour together. Like, So, she drives away. Um, She's late bringing them back. And surprise... And he's getting pissed. And uh, finally, she shows up at a motel that they were at. And he kind of gets in her like, you know, what the hell? Where were you? Blah, blah, blah. And she's like, oh, my God, we just had the best time, you know. And we were just having girl talk. And, you know, he's like, well, what would you say to her? And she's like, oh, we just had mother-daughter day, you know. Okay. No. And I like how he, like, acts like he's so concerned now. Like, you're the one who let her go with her. <laughs> like, oh. Yeah, if I had suspicion, my husband would be nowhere near that child. <laughs> yeah. So, Christy's getting better, at, but because of the car ride, it kind of set her back a little bit. I mean, damn it, Diane. Yeah. You have to wonder, like, what she said to her. Like, if she threatened her or what in that half an hour time span. Oh, they were gone longer than half or an hour. hours, yeah. Yeah. It was supposed to be a half hour. She had to have said something to mess with her head. So Diane got picked up by the police, and she tells them that she called Lou to tell him that she got to see her daughter, knowing that he was going to call the police. And he did, predictable. And they asked, you know, why, why would you do that? And she's like, because if I can't have my kids, he shouldn't be able to either. 
Okay, so just screw the kids over completely. That's great. Dad didn't try to kill them. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, she wanted to make sure that he didn't get custody of the kids. I'm telling you, the craziness of this lady. So, as time goes on, Diane didn't know that Christy was getting help and getting better because she hasn't been allowed to see her. Um, So, they ask her um, if there was a guy in the car or around the car. She says no. Um, She asks, you know, did you hear music? And can I just side note real quick? During the trial, they play Hungry Like the Wolf. Yeah. And Diane is actually drumming with her fingers. And her attorney has to, like, take their hand, like a child. And you be like, no, Diane, that's probably not the best move for you, you dumbass. You know, hit her hands to tell her to stop. Kind of like you do somebody, like, if your kid's talking and you're trying to talk and you're just like, stop. Yeah. Yeah, that's the moment that her attorney had to have with her. Because she's getting into the song and she's drumming. And also, side side note, Hungry Like the Wolf, when they went through her journals and her diaries, that's the song that was playing when she fell in love with Lou and why they got it on. So that's why this is a big mm-hmm. mention like of the song. Amping her up for the act. So that's why she listens to a lot because it was kind of like her and Lou's love song. Like, Gross. Ugh. Yeah. So Sorry to ruin your day and the story, your life. I'm so sorry, um, but I have horrible feelings towards the song now. <laughs> sorry if you're Duran Duran fans. <laughs> um, so, you know, they ask her daughter about the song, and she's like, yeah, that's the song that's playing, you know. Um, so a break happens after they find the diary. Um, it spills all the tea with the affair um, that he didn't want kids around, he didn't want kids at all. Um, that she thought that he felt having the kids was a burden. So what was the simplest way to eliminate them? Now they're like ding, ding, ding. Motive. Motive. Welch, which is one of the lead detectives, um, says that Downs was her worst enemy. In the sense of that she would talk and talk and talk. She didn't know when to shut up, so through all the talking that she would just vomit out her mouth, she was giving them more and more clues, more and more pieces to the puzzle. Yeah, because if she can't get her story straight and she's just murmuring off more and more information and different pieces, they're eventually going to be able to like kind of put things together. Now, media and interviews and everybody was getting befuddled because they're like, her demeanor was just so off for somebody that had had their daughter murdered and the other two attacked. Um, again, saying like, you know, why haven't they arrested me if they thought they would do it? And then quote from her was, um, I got pregnant because I miss Christy. I miss Danny. I miss Cheryl so much. I'm never going to see Cheryl on this earth again. And, uh, you just can't replace children, but you can replace the effect they give you. And they give me love and they give me satisfaction and they give me stability they give me a reason to live and a reason to be happy. And that's gone. And they took it from me. But children, they're so easy to conceive. So many things are wrong with those statements. Oh, my gosh. I'm trying to sound a little bit like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So Downs had picked someone on a postal route to seduce again. And lo and behold, she got herself uh, knocked up. Um, so reporter Ann Yeager remembers worrying that Downs' pregnancy would affect the way jurors would view her. Um, she calculated that this would be her sympathy win on the trial. I mean, obviously, if she's pregnant and she loves children, how could this uh, be a problem? Oh, my gosh. So the police arrested Downs on February 28th, 1984, nine months after the shooting. Prosecutors laid out the evidence against Downs, all leading up to the star witness. After months of physical and mental therapy, Christy was finally able to take the stand and tell what happened that horrible night. District Attorney Fred Hugie asked Christy if she remembers who shot her. She replied simply, my mom. She described how her mom went around to the trunk, got out the gun. First she shot Cheryl, then Danny, and then Christy. Then herself, all while hungry like the wolf is, you know, blaring in the car. Oh my gosh. They asked her if she still loved her mom, and Christy said yes. My heart is just breaking out of my fucking heart. Like, it's just, oh my God, it's breaking. Yeah. Just the fact that she said she still loves her mom, even though she killed her sister and shot her and her brother and, like, messed them up physically for life, like, and mentally. (sighs) Ah. It's just shattered everywhere. Um, Christy and Danny, they were adopted actually by Lane County Prosecutor Fred Hughie and his wife in 1984, Joanne. So they have both graduated from college. Christy is married and had a baby boy in 2005. Danny is a computer whiz. He's still partially paralyzed from his bullet but in his back, but he is living a happy, normal life. And you would also hear through the interviews that um, she would say, hey, Daniel will walk again. I just believe it. I just know it. I know he will. Like brushing Bitch, you're not going to be around to help him. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I wish that he would and I hope right. that he has or can, but yeah, absolutely. you don't get the help with that. Um, but the kids, um, it does make me happy to know that they have grown up very happy and live happy lives and they... Probably through a shit ton of therapy, they got to move past this. Yeah, definitely. She was convicted in 1984 and sentenced to life in prison, plus 50 years. Down's sentence meant that she could not be considered for parole until 2009. Under Oregon law at the time, as a dangerous offender... Downs would have been eligible for parole hearing every two years until she released or dies in prison. Her first application for parole was in 2008. Downs reaffirmed her innocence over the years. She said, I have told you and the rest of the world that a man shot me and my children. I've never changed my story. Her first parole hearing was December 9, 2008. The Lane County District Attorney Douglas Parker Road. Sorry if I pronounced that wrong. He wrote to the parole board, Downs continues to fail to demonstrate any honest insight into her criminal behavior. Even after her convictions, she continues to fabricate new versions of events, 
under which the crimes occurred. He also wrote that alternately refers to assailants as a bushy-haired stranger, two men wearing ski masks, drug dealers, corrupt law enforcement officials. It goes on and on. Oh my gosh. Downs participated in a hearing from Valley State Prison for Women. She was not permitted a statement, but answered questions from the parole board. After three hours of interviews and 30 minutes of deliberation, she was denied. Downs had her second parole hearing in 2010 um, in December and was denied again. Her next parole hearing is scheduled for 2021. Fast forward to January 2021. Denied. Not surprisingly. However, um, she was found guilty of murder on two counts, uh, each for attempted murder, criminal assault, after her daughter, Christy, gave evidence that the trial downs escaped from the Oregon Correctional on June 11, 1987, but was recaptured in Salem on July 21st after being on the run. What a crazy bitch, <laughs> Oh my gosh, she doesn't stop. Uh, I'm sorry, but there's something mentally off. You think? With this woman, like... And you know what the sucky part is? Is like, I'm watching the movie. I, wa- I, I did the book and I did the movie, like, a long time ago. Yeah. Uh, my mom had actually recommended the book, as terrible as the story is. But me and her both love Anne Rule, so she's like... Well, that was my first one that I read. Um, but... Then I watched the movie, and Farrah Fawcett yeah. plays her, mm-hmm. and I love me some Farrah Fawcett. Like, I know. And so when you're watching the movie, you're just like, oh, she didn't really do it. She wouldn't do she that. She wouldn't do that. She's just, she's so cute, and so, <laughs> that is not the real Diane Downs. No, like, no, no. Don't yes, let Farrah, Farrah Fawcett, Fawcett confuse you. <laughs> yeah, not Diane Downs. Not at all. Rest in peace, my Farrah. <laughs> I know. Becky... Babcock is the fourth and youngest child of Diane's. Um, Becky, who was named Amy upon her birth, was born after Diane had sat through the trial. Becky is now 35 years old, and she lives in Salem, Oregon. She works as a behavioral health coordinator and has a son named Chris. She gave birth to a second son, but gave the child up for adoption. It was then decided to reach out to her biological mother. She quotes, I wanted to be a person. I wanted to relate to her not as a mother because I had a mother, just somebody that was heartbroken to give up a child, she said. I was hoping to have a connection, she told ABC News in 2019. She told the program that when she was 11 years old, she tricked her babysitter into revealing the name of her biological mother. And it was a whopper. Yeah. Can't imagine uh, being told that news. She said the impact of Diane being her mom has altered the course of her life so many times. But she's back on track. She's really happy with the way her life is. She said that her childhood of dreams, they had every opportunity that she wanted. Her parents wanted us to prosper and to learn and to grow. And she had a great family, a great life. It was honestly picture perfect. Well, that's nice to hear that at least, you know, her childhood turned out good. Much better than it would have turned out if she was with Diane still. Well, I got one more messed up thing to tell you. It's not over. Oh, can't wait. Okay. So, if you 
go to www.facebook.com slash free Diane Downs. <laughs> There's actually a Facebook page to set her free because her brother is still fighting that she's innocent because the one witness that they had, I didn't put in here, but um, they couldn't prove it. But there was a guy that did claim he was driving behind Diane after um, Diane claimed that she got shot or the kids got shot and she was only going five miles an hour. So it took her like 20-something miles to go four miles, 20-something minutes to go four miles to the hospital from the place that the shooting took place to the hospital. Mm-hmm. She should have been there in like five minutes. Oh. And it took her like 20-something minutes to get there. And when they asked her, you know, why it took so long, how long did it take you to get there, she's like, well, I don't know. I was paying attention to my kids. I wasn't paying attention to the time. I was just so worried about them. Well, then wouldn't you rush to get to the hospital? <laughs> you know, and she would say all kinds of loopy things like, if I really wanted my kids done, don't you think I would have made sure they were killed and I would have sat there for a while and then brought them in after they died, claiming there was nothing I could do? This like, woman is the a things sociopath. She, yeah, like to even say that. Yeah, like, straight oh, if I really sociopath. wanted them dead, they would have been dead. <laughs> like, what? Yeah, no, no way. Um, I think it's funny that people are, like, on board for this free Diane thing. I get her brother is. Um, that's different, but that the fact that other people are, like, in on it, I'm just like, wait, I'm sorry, have you... Her daughter literally said, my mom did this. Why yeah. would she say that if she didn't? And, like, just all the evidence backs it up. She did it, you know? Yeah, it's just a whole screwed-up story. I mean, she had affairs after affairs and pregnancies and just... I get that she had a terrible childhood with her dad, and but I just wish people could learn from it and yeah. not repeat it. Not that her dad killed anybody, but... Right, but to not it's continue not excuse, toxic cycles. Like, yeah. Yeah. And she had a family. She got married. She had kids. That's what she wanted. She wanted a family. I don't know. Like, but... It was all for uh, Mr. Knickerbocker. Because <laughs> he didn't want any kids. So she was like, well, I'll get rid of my kids for you. Crazy. Give them to a friend. Give them to the husband. Give them to the yeah. fire department. Don't Why kill them. She, they were babies. They were so babies. I know. She, honestly, she's a sociopath. Like, I'm not trying to diagnose people, but like, but like, she's a sociopath. <laughs> yeah, and I've watched. Um, there's I think one of the most updated interviews, and she was just going on and on and on about how she needs to be back in society and how can she. Be, grow and get better if she's not back in society and she just was rambling and like like they said the more she talked the more idiotic she said yeah it sounds like she like tries to manipulate people like especially men well yeah 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 she's a she's a special one this diane downs (laughs) so i do apologize if uh i ruined your morning with this story (laughs) Yeah. And I really apologize if I ruined Hunger Like the Wolf for you because it's really- all jokes aside, it actually is a good song. Yeah, I feel like I'm going to think about this, though, every time I hear it now, which is not pleasant. I'll try to give a better memory. Like, <laughs> we'll get drunk and dance stupid to it in the kitchen. Okay, perfect. 
<laughs> we'll add it to our playlist. Yeah. Me and Kay got a long growing playlist of songs for our cars. Yeah, if it's public, people should follow it. I don't know if I public public it. Public it. Same thing. It works. <laughs> and keep it rolling. Yep. So I just want to give another shout that we had started our October gift basket and if you haven't seen it on the Facebook page um, it's a Michael Myers Lego there is a Michael Myers drinking cup there is a candle and a wax melt yes me and Kay are gonna go shopping probably Saturday and we're gonna find some more Michael Myers stuff so we'll get it together Um, shirts will be made this weekend we are having a merch party so wine merch yes crime all the fun stuff not committing it just listening to it and talking yeah. about it or are we <laughs> i mean i guess we'll see how we're feeling nothing major but you know <laughs> um i don't think oh and a wacky thing i don't know what it is um and i don't know people who know me know i have weird dreams i don't understand this one but before we go I had a dream the other day. I was driving to my car, and there was some nonsense happening. And I literally said, Pac, and, like, nodded in my head. Tupac got out of the passenger seat of my car in the back, opened the door, and took care of our problems. You can always count on Tupac. <laughs> I don't know where that came from. What the hell do you eat or drink before? I have no idea, but I was hanging out with some Pac. Oh, you're mine. So... Feel free to uh, diagnose it and send it to horrorwineandcrime at gmail.com and tell me your craziest dreams that you had or tell me what that means in my mind. (laughs) Or if you just love Tupac, let us know. (laughs) Oh my God, I love that. (laughs) So I guess on that note, we should probably let him go while it's a high note. Yep, yep. We we gotta (laughs) leave him with that. Well, thank you for sticking around. Thank you for listening to us for another round of Horror, Wine, and Crime. Yes, and we'll see you guys next week with another episode. Can't wait. Stay creepy. Bye. Bye.